There is a saying that goes that the UK and USA are two countries separated by a common language. And I don't know how true this is, but today's guest will be part of our transatlantic series, where we talk to entrepreneurs and business owners in the USA and continue the special relationship that our politicians talk so much about. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Koch, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favourite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at The Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Hello and welcome. Our guest today is Sabrina Runbeck. And Sabrina is a cardiothoracic surgery physician associate with more than 10 years of experience in public health and neuroscience. She has been featured on Kevin MD, Thrive Global, Authority Magazine, and spoken on numerous stages such as Fox, CBS, ABC, The Nurse Keith Show, and Live on Purpose Radio. But this is the reason why they call her the queen of performance and productivity. Sabrina, welcome to the Cashflow Show. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We know you can be doing anything and you choose us. So we appreciate that. Thank you. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I, can <Yeah. laughs> I can tell you're a woman very, very adept at dealing with podcasts herself. And we'll get into that as we get into the show. So what I guess always like to do is to tell us about themselves and that's what they're here for. How would you describe your business and what is your role? I am someone who probably it's the typical busy bees. I was only child, only girl, but all my family cousins are boys. So the natural tendency was you're a girl, get a good grade, get a good job, you should be set. And for me, is that, no, no, uh, why should I take the backseat while everybody else is going for them? Future, right? Like, however they define themselves. So I got myself two bachelor degrees, two master's uh, medical degrees, and get myself into one of the best heart and lung surgery center in the U.S. and really in the world because there are many international patients fly in. Some of them even have their own translator to see us. Now, at that point, I'm like, wow, okay, great. I just have to work really hard for a few years, build up my resume, then I can go down my hours. Okay? I think that's so such a natural tendency for all of us in these tough, intense career roles to feel like, oh, I just worked hard now. Now relax later. I that that false belief that somehow this better time will eventually come. Um and um I was working eighty plus hours a week. I continue to take night calls every day. Well, of course our patients don't take a sick day, right? Do do your body just give you a pre warning and before you go to a full blown sick, right? <laughs> um some of us do, some don't and then no one just say, Oh, I'm I'm gonna take a sick holiday, right? Um, so I, it was just one morning, I was barely eight o'clock. I was exhausted. My body felt achy and I was completely scrubbed in for surgery. My hands are 
inside a patient's open chest, and there I was coughing, and uh, my circulator nurses are like, oh, Sabrina's not speaking to the rest of us. She's just coughing away. They took pity on me and keep passing Dayquil and cough drop under my mask just so I can keep going. Now, of course, we know this. When you're sick and you're just pushing yourself like any other day, right? Mm. Like, oh, if I have to tell someone else to do this, it's going to take way too long. If I don't do this, who, who's going to be able to do it, right? And all these things are so typical in our daily life. And the next day, I just realized, I can't even get out of bed. I have to go in sick. Wow. When I got on the phone and talked to my manager, the answer was, how could you not tell us sooner, Sabrina? Like, they didn't know. It's it, like, there's such a surprise that people in healthcare can get sick too. Um, and that really was one of the first moments I realized, wow, I see my patient do this, who ignore them cough and call, end up in the ER multiple times, getting infections in their heart. We need to operate it. I don't want to eventually spiral down that case. Even though we do so much, in our career, in our business, it's still never going to seem as enough from a bigger scope. But who defines what's enough? So I come back to my root in neuroscience and public health, and my research were really on self-efficacy, performance science, neuroscience, and positive intelligence. And what I see is that all of us who has a bigger goal, bigger mission, we're creating something of our own. We don't mind working hard. But it's when we work so hard that we don't even see that mission alignment of getting somewhere. Then we continue to lose that aim. And that's how people get so overwhelmed, stressed out, spending so many hours doing things and never getting anywhere because busyness is a sign of weakness. And busyness really is out of control. And that's when I start to say, hold on. I had all this research I done on myself, but actually working less. Right. So that's why I devoted myself into learning more from all these aspects of retrain our brain. Then we can increase our profitability and increase our team's productivity and gain back 10 hours ourselves as a leader, as a business owner. And so now I transition into I still can operate. I still able to do surgery, but also helping other healthcare leaders, especially those who own their own practices. How do we move forward with our life or go into the next level without feeling the weight of constantly doing something, moving, and never have my own time or never have time for my family. That's fascinating. And one of the things that I've learned over the years, especially being involved in business, is that if somebody had told me at the very beginning of my business career or my entrepreneurship journey, that time is the thing that I shouldn't waste. It's the thing that I didn't really pay attention to. It's only now that I've been in business now 20 years, I realized that those 10 hours that you're talking about, and we'll come back to that in a minute, is it's a massive amount of time when you start to think of it. I mean, can you explain how those 10 hours get eaten up in somebody's day? Because obviously when you're helping your clients, you're 
pinpointing where they're going wrong. Is there a hint or tip that you can say to the, the listeners that can give them an idea of where they might be wasting time? did become very individualized. I think that's the key thing when people trying to learn about productivity is never adapting what works for other people. A lot of my clients like, oh, I know how to do this. Some of them, even therapists. I, I learn about all these uh, time blocks. I learn about these apps. I learn about yada, yada, right? But then it's everyone else's tool that's never going to work for them. The other thing in life is that we always fill gaps. And there's one sabotaging tendency. There are 10 of them in positive psychology. One of them is called restlessness. So especially people in entrepreneurship, they have a default lie that we created in our brain to say, you must be doing something all the time. Otherwise, that means wasteful. That means you don't know what you're doing and increase anxiety for people. So people tend to do something to fill any gap of their time. But most of those are very unintentional. So some of my clients would tell me, even they have been um, working practitioners for many years, they would say, oh, it feels like 90% of the time I'm doing things I don't like to do. And that's one way that I help people to individualize on what's the time starts in our life is to figure out a concept called freedom compass, right? For all of us, you're, you're in business because what? It could be various reason of a bigger mission, bigger problem you want to solve. Yeah. And it relates to I can earn reward from it because money is exchangeable energy, right? It's just um, if you're thinking about currency, just like energy currency, Right. right. And, and it, it, it's not about the number that we produce, how much we're making, but it's about what the money can do for us, our family, or what we would like to enjoy in life. So if we don't even know what gave us joy, then whatever you're working on would not be sustainable. So the Freedom Compass really has four parts. And uh, one thing that I I talk to people about a lot of in detail all of my six-step process is that you have to understand what does freedom mean to you? Is it really time? Is it money? Is it status? Is it informatics? Is it people? Right? Like, what does that mean to you? And then once you understand what the true driver is, then you're looking at, the four quadrants of desire zone, distraction zone, disinterest zone, and the drive zone. So how do we fall into the four zones? And most people actually are not in the desire zone. We all talk about the 80-20 rule, right? right? So yes, we should spend 80% of the time in our desire zone. But it's actually not true. Most people spend more than 80% of the time in all the three other zones. <laughs> so how do we get into the trap? Um, is um, a distraction zone means, right, there's two core. Number one is, do you have a natural interest, passion, ease on doing the things that you like to do, right? And uh, if you do, but without the talent, the skills needed to get done, then it's a true distraction. So for some people is that they just love to see 
distance numbers going in and out. So they spend so much time cranking numbers into then bookkeeping Excel inside of hire someone who that's what they train for. They have the knowledge, right? Doesn't matter how quote unquote it's easy for us to learn that, right? We're smart people. And so a lot of people feel like we can learn anything, right? <laughs> no, we do. I, I've, I've done this. <laughs> right? And but it's not to say you couldn't learn. You couldn't be really good. But the hours that you spend have to learn it. And making sure you don't make mistakes for tax purposes, for in-and-out payroll, like all that, it's a crazy amount of time. And that's really a distraction. And it's not proper time usage. And so now what about this interest? This interest is things that we're naturally just good at. And people just like, oh, why don't you do this? Right? People can see it when you don't even see it. You think it's so easy coming, but how could other people don't know how to do, right? Those are the things. However, they're not in our natural way of wanting to do, loving to do. So you actually, when you do these things, it kills your momentum because they're not something that you actually like to do. Right, that's also things you can try to get rid of or delegate. And so then, of course, the dryful zone are the things that you just feel like obligations. You don't want to do, you don't really know how to do, but you still feel like you have to do. Right? There are practice owners that I know who will stay late just to clean up their own office. I'm like, that is so crazy. The amount of hours you have to spend and exchange with the value of a hire a maid is so ridiculous. I make people tell me, how much does your time worth to you? Right? Like, can you put a number on it? Most times when I just say, how much does the time worth to you? They're like, oh, yes, Sabrina, it's priceless. I'm like, is it? If it's really priceless, can you put on the dollar amount for you cleaning up your own office? Can you put a dollar amount for you to say, oh, my business is so special. I can't hire uh, accounting. They have that trim so long. Really? Like, so you are telling me that you have more certification degrees experience in doing that than a professional. And now what's the, t- uh, not only time cost to that, but money cost to that, right? Uh, so if you're doing all the accounting jobs, that means you're not doing anything that is actually generating your business revenue or generating your own enjoyment with the people that you want to spend time with. You have to cut somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And and then the the true desires are both. Since you have natural talent, you learn, you train yourself so long, you're the expert in this field and you love doing those things. And I have such a significant bond with the mission that you create that desirable so people have to be very individualized in knowing what's in each zone otherwise they continue to be like a merry-go-round I just well I, I always do this so I'm just gonna keep doing that yeah but what I find fascinating is you actually have an amazing skill set so when did you realize it was time to push your business because most business owners, they're quite reluctant, really, to take on change. How did you manage That's that? That's such a great question. <laughs> I think it's when I hit a wall of realizing what I'm doing is not just a phase of my life, 
if I don't change, then it's going to be the same thing going forward. And so I, I talk to my clients about this too. Uh, I see if you relate. Any change actually is active courage. And then we also have to know how to even define courage, right? And I see that how I learn courage is there are three phases. There are the social, the skill, and the self, right? So courage means myself, well, I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Right? And, and the social is that, well, there is a negative consequence in, in, in activity. If I don't do it in the social grand scheme of things, there's are something that I'm definitely not willing to face. Right? So for me, I was really on the second stage of burnout. Now in medicine, we actually have burnout as an illness. Um, and there's three phases. And so I was seeing the second phase already. I'm like, wow, I'm way too early in my career to be stuck here. And I had to face that I'm the reason who caused all this thing happening, right? Like number one thing for all of us is to face that we are the driver in our own life. And we might have spiraled into where we are right now. Mm -hmm. We might be doing great with our numbers, our generation, maybe creating big team, but we're not where we need to go that are sustainable. So if the first step is I recognize I'm the one who tossed a pebble into the middle of the pond and create a ripple effect, then I can have the power to change what I'm thinking, right? That's why I am focused so much on mental fitness. And then that will get me to the right area of my life where it become easier in the way that I enjoy things, doing things, and the right people will attract to me and no longer having the weight of having vampire suckers, whether it's the people or things in my life. <laughs> so I think that... That, <laughs> That's, that sounds scary. That is that like... Right? Like people don't think that way because they're like, oh, what, what do you mean? This, this, is, this is how it is, right? Like, and then somehow just default into it and then never question ourselves. Mm. Uh, instead of these things, we never learned in school. And really in life, sometimes you learn, sometimes you just got the eye, right? And then even you learn, did you actually keep that lesson? Did you apply yourself? Or we are becoming so obsessed with learning, but not application. Totally. Amongst all the other accolades and um, awards that you've had over the years, you've also done quite a lot of work as an author. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was interesting. I never thought I can write. I'm always a speaker. I mean, I don't shut up if I can't go uh, for any topic that becomes, again, my interest and that I have the knowledge. So we can talk forever, right? It seems like. That's why I became a speaker first before I started doing individual high-level advisory. Okay. And then one of my friends approached me and saying that actually there's not enough books out there focusing on women and especially Asian women because the 
stereotypical thing is Asian women are supposed to be just stay home uh, house takers, uh, very respectful, but never seeing uh, someone who are in the own business world. And family would see us doing, even my mom. I, I was going to all these uh, TV news segments as a medical expert. And she's like, that's great. Do you get paid for that? I'm like, mom, <laughs> no, most of the time people have to get paid, like pay the TV station to get on there. Like, I no, they, they, I got invited. So um, somehow... It, the only acceptable code career is like just law and business uh, 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 and medicine, right? Like engineering, like this, this like standard ones. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. But it is interesting because, you know, the same thing with my father. When I, when I say to him, oh, I'm doing such and such, is there any money in it? <laughs> and that that's the first thing that he says and you said well I've been invited to speak and I've been invited to share my knowledge or whatever but as far as he's concerned if there's no money in it then <laughs> there's no point right it's it's hilarious because we all that's also another thing like the first step I talk to anybody is how do you define success and what does that really mean to have that And that's uh, the first step because we have to create some kind of aim to understand where we're going. And that also changes as we go through life. Uh, And also same thing with the relationship. That's also really crucial thing, whether that's with your partner, right? Uh, The love of your life or uh, with uh, our business community, right? Because we all kind of adapt a form as we grow, but can we grow together? Can we understand where everyone is? And then what? We can bring out the best in other people and continue to elevate and appreciate that. The study even showed that in, especially in businesses, the number one factor in high performance is actually appreciation. It beats out more salary, more end-year bonus, more training, and more autonomy. And this appreciation to me is actually have two parts. It's one is that, yes, we like to be known for our great work, right? We see people's life changes. We see these big missions, whether you're building a novelty uh, recycling system or you're someone who's in front of the leaders to help them to build better teams. It's the end product, it's the mission. Yes. It's important. And, but it, on top of that, we also understand why are we even getting ourselves into the hustle and bustle because there are good days and bad days. And we, we work through the heartache because X, Y, Z, right? There's multiple layers of onions we need to peel except, except just that I feel like I like to do that. This is going to give me joy. But what does that actually make you joyful? And how do you feel reward for it? And that's the second part is the appreciation that goes internally. And it's really hard for people to be empathetic toward themselves. And reason being, we all have sabotaging tendencies. As I mentioned earlier, there are 10 of them. And if we are not able to really appreciate ourselves, 
get out of our own way, of course, we spiral into being so controlling about every single situation, beating ourselves down when we feel like we haven't made our quota this month yet, right? All this other stuff. You've been able to take all these experiences and take the negativity that came out of you driving yourself way too hard in order to produce something very positive. You come across as somebody who has experienced those negative tendencies and managed to turn it around. What I wanted to go into is tell us about your book, Asian Women Boss Up. You alluded to it earlier but we didn't really go deeper into it. And how did you actually go about saying, right, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to basically tell people about the Asian female experience in relation to the corporate world? Such a great point to bring up is that when my friends uh, approached me to the idea, were saying, wow, we all were casted into some kind of image of what the majority of population see Asian women. But there are so much more than that. There's so many of us came from different backgrounds. Now, I'm very traditional, supportive family, despite uh, parents got divorced, but there are still people in my life continue to help me to do what I define who I am. Now, uh, despite I push myself that much to get over the hurdle, but everything it's a gift, an opportunity. So this book came along as 17 of us women who are in all different industries. I'm the only one who's in medicine. And there are also you typical lawyers, accountants, and there are other people who are film producers, award-winning podcasters, um, a chef, right? Um, people who talk about how to attract more money into your life. People are in HR. So we're saying that you can be in any field, forge your own path and thrive. And actually, our past life doesn't define us. It actually helps us get to where we are now. It's never going to be the fearful of what could be in the future and anxious about your past didn't give you the training, the resources, whatnot. But it's actually we can make a choice of what we do today and now to get to the next level. So that's why this book came along with all of us uh, sharing stories of our lives and uh, major teaching point of what we have found in our own business and in our own lives. And, um, and this book came along as a, actually we pushed the book out early in 2021 due to the Asian hate crimes going around in um, the U.S. Yes. Uh, from the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely becomes a good way to communicate. It's not just Black Lives Matter. It's not Latina Lives Matter. It's not just Asian Lives Matter. It's actually every single person. Everybody matters yes. in their own way. And we have to find our individuality from the culture that we grew up and embrace what we have because that helped us into who we are right now. And even you might not be in the best spot that you want to be, but it doesn't stop you from getting to the next point. Of course. Right? Um, and some people say, I'm too young, I'm too old. There's never too young or old to do anything. And also there's never a right time to do anything. 
um, like we all know, the best time to climb a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> and the next best time is now. <laughs> and how you are you going to make anything out of it if you don't take that step? True. And no matter what other people say, that's when we talk about in psychology, the judger mindset versus the learner mindset. Right? Like because there's so much judgment we have toward ourselves, toward other people, it's so conditioned into our mind. We need to be able to identify these sabotaging tendencies and to shut them down. Then we can pivot into the empowerment side of us, which we call SAGE, the primary default of activation, empathetic, uh, creativity, curiosity, different ways that we can push ourselves into the way that we want to go. No longer feeling like, oh, I have to prevent everything from happening. Heck no. Like, we can't prevent fires from happening all the time. We just have to know no matter what happens, we have a way to fix it. Because you mentioned about putting out fires, dealing with multiple things at the same time. Are you still practicing in surgery and doing your business that we're talking about here at the same time? Yes, I am. The thing about like how much boundary, how much focus you're going to stay in your desire zone, which we talked about earlier. Of course. I will only allow myself to do the things that I find most enjoyable. And then while you're learning through time, whether it's the way that you connect, market, or building your services, there are ways that we can say, hey, that doesn't feel good to me. Oh, I see that become a distraction or disinterest. Then I know to them how this first step is even identifying what's in your desire zone versus anything else. And then you can go into what I call a focus funnel, right? There's only five ways to do things. How do we still get to do what we need to do or things that are driveful to us to get done, right? And and not get into the uh, whirlwind of, oh my gosh, okay, I guess I have to spend the hours returning emails that I really don't want to, right? <laughs> and there are other ways <laughs> yep, that to feeling. do that. Then that feeling like, this inbox is 200 emails? How did it get to this crazy? <laughs> and, right? and it's just because we have the fatigue on making all these decisions. And the longer that you're thinking about it, troubling yourself about that, you are already wasting time of to do what you actually enjoy to do and love to do, right? And those are multiple things that can be time killers. You also have your own podcast, if I remember rightly. Yeah. So my podcast is called The Powerful and passionate healthcare professionals. I believe many people see me as the uh, performance guru thinking, oh, okay, great, Sabrina, you can find myself some balance. And I always have to disappoint them in a sense. I'm like, I don't think balance exists. You cannot possibly put anything on a balance beam to completely level themselves out, right? There's not just work and life. There are actually 10 different key components of life. Yeah. But then you'd be like, wow, Sabrina, if it's 10, it's going to get even more overwhelmed. I'm like, actually, no. We need to create harmony. And when you have a harmony cycle, it's very doable to keep yourself at flow because everything is intertwined. When you're not healthy, right, as I mentioned earlier, when I'm having that fever, my, my body is shaking, 
Stephen Cameron is going to be that patient with anybody, right? Like all of us have been there. You're not going to be that a、uh, best girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife to your partner because you are you can't even handle it in your own body. No. And uh, and the same thing if you're not in the Best mental setting. You're continuously to criticize yourself, feeling like you didn't do well, feeling like you you're judging, or you worry about what could be next. Then how are you gonna pay attention to what really have gone well in your life? And、uh, even people reaching out their hands to help you, you probably still questioning.、Uh, in psychology, we call that like receptivity, right? But most people can't receive is because they're questioning. Oh my gosh! If I receive this help, how do I pay back? I don't know if I have the ability. Or they feel like, well, if I can just learn and do everything myself, then why would I need you? And that's true. What distraction, right? Distraction zone. So instead of seeing, actually, if you're very clear on what you wanted to achieve, the next step is open your eyes to see these opportunities. And the third step is take actions. Be able to receive the right opportunity, people to in your life, and repel the wrong ones, and then you can really, as a harmonic, synchronized team, to move forward. And these steps need to be micro steps.、Um, and in human, we we always in a stay and fight fly, right? Because if we don't feel the reward right away, we're gonna start to judge ourselves, question ourselves. So if we take a smaller Manageable steps, then we go back to validate. Hey, this feels good. This is going somewhere. Yeah. Then we can continue to do more. Right. It's no longer just because you have the skills then to do. No, the true cycle of achievement is actually. I simply believe I can figure this out. I can do it, and therefore I make a small step to do it. The more small steps I done it, I have the competency to do. And therefore, I have even more confidence to keep going, and just don't feel like you have to chew elephant in a day, right? Rome is not built in a day. No one can build a successful business or even life partnership in a day. You don't just run up to someone and like, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful. I love you." <laughs> Some <laughs> people think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried that, but I, I assume that's what happens. <laughs> well, subsequent to that, going up to people and telling them that you like them and they thinking you're crazy, I think at the end there we need to get people to know a little bit more about Sabrina. As a person, as an individual, and so what I wanted to ask was, I wanted to ask some questions for our section. What are you like? We give everyone a list of questions that they may want to fill in and answer, and you know, we'd start with things like, "What is your favorite book?" And I don't know if you remember what your answer was. So my was、uh, High Performance by Brenda Burchard. I follow him. I got trained by him. Um, it's really core six system where we see ourselves, right? How、uh, one of the thing I really love is that when we do something, it's not really so much about motivation, right? Because the, actually sometimes motivation is short lived. People just constantly say, "Oh, if I only have more self control, if only I、uh, am more disciplined, I'm like、oh, throw that out a window, right? Short lived." But what's crucial is necessity. If you make everything become necessity, you have 
to do it, right? Just like when we talk about courage earlier, because there's a negative consequence attached I don't want to face. And I know if I make this step, I will at least get a better place than where I am now, right? Yeah. So, so I, I believe that that's one of the crucial things is make things necessity. If I demand life to be necessary that I only practice medicine two days a week, then I can. I'll figure out, see all the opportunity there are and actually can still make a lot more than what I used to do and have time to really enjoy other people who are might be struggling, who maybe they're not struggling, but they really wanted to, to become a speaker too or write a book too, but they have no time. Or they really wanted to go to their kids' skin, but they're always working. They're always seeing another patient get delayed. They have to be there, all right? They're telling themselves, but if we make a necessity, this is my goal, this is my desire, then it becomes non-negotiable. Right. You spend a lot of time helping and guiding people to reach their full potential. You're effectively doing two jobs and both of them are very, very intense, but you love them. How does Sabrina get to relax? <laughs> There's so many different things, I feel like. Uh, I, uh, my undergrad, I, uh, I was a dual major um, and my second major is music. I only pick up music because they, there wasn't a dance major. So for me, is that I love socializing. I explore new restaurants, places, hiking, go on trips. I probably go on trips at least once a month. Um, and um, just sometimes I can be a lazy night. All I want is to cuddle with my dog and then binge some TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worked in in the medical area at all. So, but I can imagine that being incredibly stressful. Right. I feel like all of us needs to be able to know how to turn off. And then one crucial thing that I always advocate for everyone, whether it's me doing a talk show and speaking or individually, is that what I call a mini mental vacation. So under two minutes, and you wanted to find three of this ideally in a day, we found study that when we train ourselves to notice positivities and reset our breath, our noticing our five key sensory and uh, understanding our proprioception, our body, even just two minutes, three times a day. And if you can do it consistently for six weeks, you have a lot better sleep. Uh, people have team productivity increased them more than 30%. And, and overall, uh, even better relationship just because if you think about two minutes out of your whole day, most people get so distracted. They go on to the computer, open up 10,000 browsers <laughs> you're on your phone, <laughs> returning messages, social media. And that's a lot more than two minutes. And then after you're done, you're like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? Right. And you actually get more anxious about it instead of just saying, hey, I'm taking a mini vacation. I'm taking a breath time. I'm taking a jumping jack time. I'm taking whatever, right? And and actually helps you to notice there are already good things in your life that I can say, I'm just non-negotiable. I'm shutting down for two minutes and I'll come back much more refreshed. Yeah, 
that's that's a good way to do things. And that's actually an excellent tip. I mean, in terms of you as an individual, how far do you want to go with your business? Because obviously, you know, you help private practice owners and their teams to build mental fitness. Do you want to franchise it? Do you want to take over the world? Do you, or do you just like being you and your dog binge watching the TV? Yeah, this is a really good question because I think I got asked this um, by one of the uh, entrepreneur think tanks. And he's like, Sabrina, you're going to get this year. So w- what do you want to do with this? How, do you, how far are you going to take this? Exactly. And I don't think, I, I, the thing is, I'm someone who I don't want to be the Tony Robbins, right? Like, uh, they're great. Like, my coach, uh, Brenna Bouchard, like, uh, doctors from Stanford who are trying one. I don't need to be on that level because that's not who I imagine my life to be. I, my version of success is freedom of time and freedom of people. That means I wanted to simply be in control with my schedule, with what I like to do. So there is, of course, a bare minimum that I wanted to reach, and it's not a small minimum <laughs> on what I like to do, but it doesn't mean that I see myself, I have to create X, Y, Z before I feel successful. That's why for me is that I wanted to be able to have that flow of a only handful of practice owners that I work one-on-one, and then I can help them teams in groups, uh, continue speaking, but I don't want to be that become life, right? I don't need to make a global initiative. I love the way that I do everything is by referrals, by the right people coming into my life. uh, And I feel satisfied that way. Mm. And I think that's a very honest answer. And the reason why I say that is because Many people who become involved in entrepreneurship, we are, we are told that you've got to have a plan to take over the world. You've got to have an office in every town. You've got to have, uh, an international presence. You've got to have, you know, uh, you've got to be the next McDonald's. You've got to be the next Amazon, which may not be what you want. It may not be the thing that gives you joy and gives you satisfaction. And I think the the way that you approached that question when I asked you was very, very honest and very, very revealing, because I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. I remember as a child, I was saying to my mother, you know, you know, what would she do if she was rich? And her turning around and saying, I'm not interested in being rich. I just want to be able to pay the bills when they come in. And I sort of looked at her and said, this woman's crazy. Why doesn't she want to be rich? But I didn't get it. I didn't understand that the whole point is sometimes being, having all this this so-called success doesn't necessarily bring you that happiness that you think that you thought it would do at the beginning. Right. So I, I, I think I keep going back to this is that success is your version. Don't let other people define your success because then we play into our sabotaging tendency of judging ourselves as we compare to everybody else, when everybody else has nothing to do with you. They don't pay your bills. They don't live your life. They're not in the relationship that you're in. So who cares? And the day that we say, I don't care about myself because I'm enjoying the way that I'm living it. And then we can stop with all the BSs out there. Mm. And to say success can't really be also three ways. Love to think increase. 
So do I love and enjoy me now? Do I feel like I'm continuing to grow in the direction I want to? And I don't feel stagnant. I feel like there's a good energy and momentum going. And societal, like who I'm, who am I? What I serve? Do I have a purpose? And that's enough, right? Like if you're you're doing something good that you can connect yourself to in society, actually that is authority building. And it, and also cut out all the BS is about influencing or influencer. Just because people have 10,000 followings doesn't mean that people are actually moving forward in the right direction. Yes. Right? There's so many influencers promoting everything that has no validity to it. So why does that matter? And if you, what you're promoting actually make people feel a different way and actually help them to elevate, then you did the right thing as the authority builder. And so the last thing is that who are we as someone who do we want our security of finances, right? And then that is to really be honest to calculate that, like whether you need to talk to a financial advisor or just someone who are really good at teaching people in doing different things. So you never feel that you're paycheck to paycheck. Right? Like if we, if we don't know where our numbers going in and out, yeah, it, it is difficult. And there's plenty of books talk about how do you create profit and then think profit first instead of just feeling in the continuity in debt and feeling like how am I going to get to pay off my debt? Right? Like there are plenty of ways that we can be more smart about our finances, our social status, and our own true inner self of enjoyment. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you for being with us. But people have heard what you've said and many people are going to be very intrigued on both sides of the Atlantic as what you've done, how you've done it and the work that you've done so far. Are there any particular ways that people can contact you? Are there any things that you want to, that you're working on or have worked on recently that you want to share with the audience? Oh, thank you so much, everyone. And thanks, Clinton, for mentioning that i am very active on linkedin and instagram and you can find me my full name sabrina rumbach and for anybody who are practice owners in the healthcare space and realizing that you might have a great team you might have a great work but it's being a lot that you have to handle you constantly feeling like just needing more time more energy to get to any to do anything uh, feel free to jump on a call with me. I uh, do give complimentary consultations uh, to uh, referral, especially you heard me on the show. Uh, you, and let's see if we can create a blueprint for you to figure out how you can level up. And you can find me at sabrinarombach.com forward slash blueprint. And again, it's in my phone name, sabrinarombach.com forward slash blueprint. And you can see my calendar up there and some of the uh, testimonial from other people that who have worked with me. And let's see if there's a better way for you to uh, level up. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, Sabrina, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for being the first of our transatlantic sessions. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
We've come to the close of our show for today, but I would like to say thank you to Sabrina because you've really made things go really, really well. Help me get into that transatlantic spirit and I hope to be doing a few more conversations with people from the good old USA. Just as on a closing note, where are you based, Sabrina? I'm in Houston, Texas. Ah, right. Okay. I've never been to Texas. I've, I'm, I'm supposed to have relatives there, so I should really visit at some point in the future and see what Texas is like. Houston is now considered the most diverse city in the U.S. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That's, that's good to hear. Well, give our love to Houston, Texas, and thank you again for coming on to the show. With a fond adieu and goodbye, we'd like to say thank you, take care, and I'm out.